What is this? For the mess. For the mess. Can I begin? Uh-huh, it's the chill kit. I got the cards to the deck you should deal with. I got the flows and not your head. Can you feel it? I put the beans in the bag and I would never spill it. Yes, sir, damn right. I keep it low-key. They must got all time as if they say that they know me. Welcome to the Florida Masses Podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. I'm elated for what's ready to happen. We've been trying to get this podcast together for quite a bit of time. But we're finally happening, happening, and I know she's going to provide a whole bunch of value to this platform. But before we do that, we have admin tasks we have to take care of because we do what we have to do, right? Please follow us on all platforms, at For The Masses, on all platforms, and on YouTube, at GB The Masses platform, all right? And please, please like, comment, and leave a review. All right, let's continue to grow the podcast, all right? But the young lady I have on the show tonight is an exceptional young woman, just a natural leader, you know, and I don't think leaders are always natural, but she definitely is a natural leader. And not only is she a natural leader, but she cultivated her leadership skills through many, many different endeavors. And now she's putting the use in the mental health space. So I'm super excited. Let's jump straight in for the Masters podcast. Mo, welcome to the podcast. Ah, JB, thanks for having me. I'm so pumped we were actually able to get this together. I know, I know. So everyone listening, it's definitely 100% my fault of why this didn't happen sooner, but it's happening right now, so that's a blessing. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I flaked too, so it's all good. Well, you did have something to do. You did have something to do, but that was a good that was a good way. And you were radically transparent, um, which we're going to talk about too, why I think it's always the best route. And um, I'm super grateful that I got to like witness how you do that. Like It was so crazy. Yeah, it's always kind of uncomfortable to do it, but it's important. Now, 100%. So, Mo, obviously, like, I, I talked about, like, your leadership skills in the intro. But, like, let, let's let tell everyone, like, about yourself. Like, where you're from, how you grew up, and things like that. Yeah, that was quite the intro thing. Because I feel so great right now. It's I only appreciate true. that. I'm going to call you just every day, and you can do that in the morning. I no. <laughs> do. Um, so, I'm Mo. Uh, we're going to start from the very beginning. Grew up in Cleveland, um, east side. Of Cleveland, oh. went to well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta specify. Uh, went to Willoughby South, graduated, played three sports there. Went to Wheeling Jesuit, where I met the wonderful and charming JB. Uh, played softball there. I was involved in the theater club there. I was involved in student leadership. Um, was lucky enough to be president of our class, and then president of SGA. Did some stuff with Cab, and was just. Oh, and I was the uh, Wheeling Jesuit mascot for three years, which was pretty dope. Um, After that, I went to Heidelberg University, got my master's in counseling, did a couple really cool things there. I was a wellness GA for three years, Uh, graduated that, just said I wasn't done with school yet. So I went to Kent State and I'm on I'm going into year three of my Ph.D. trying to become Dr. Mo. So incredible. Always striving for more. And and might I add that you were the best. And the reason I'm saying you're the best because there were there's been others, right? There's been other Iggy. Iggy is the cardinal, our school mascot. There's been other Iggy's, TJ, but <laughs> we always like the Mo, the Mo Iggy. I just want to tell everyone that. I appreciate that. I was always in competition against the other folks, but thank you. <laughs> no, you were always like uh, willing to do whatever it took to like 
entertain people. So I think that that will set you above the rest. Yeah, I lost my head a couple of times, literally, but it was worth it. That's incredible. So, so most, so obviously, like you, you, you put yourself in several leadership positions. Like, what, what made you want to continue to like put yourself in these situations? Because a lot, I think a lot of people don't put themselves in leadership positions because of the extra responsibility, the time that goes into it. So, what made you put it all, all that on your plate? Oh, bless. Uh, you know, I think it was a combination between like. You know, you see something happen and you're like, oh, I have this idea. Like, let me see if that's going to work out. And so it's kind of that like internal drive. But also a lot of the stuff that I've done um, and pursued was initiated really by somebody else, uh, whether that was like a mentor, a peer or um, somebody even coming up who said, you know, you should think about this or like I could see you in this position or um, you have these skills. Like, I wonder what that would be like here. And so then that kind of gets the wheels turning and. So then I kind of just like dip my toe in and if it feels right and it feels good and feels like I can grow, then usually I end up just face first in it. Um, kind of what happened with SGA at Wheeling. I was just kind of testing it out. And then I, as I got into it, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. I got to meet a lot of cool people um, and it just keeps happening. So I just keep kind yeah. of following that. Now that's that's phenomenal. I think God definitely brings us to like where he wants us, no matter what, you know, and um, yes. I saw that in my life and, it obviously is evident in your life as well, you know, and I think the environment we, we were in, um, the people who were willing to like look for opportunities to grow, like you said, um, there were uh, plenty of people around who would like, wouldn't mind asking for support or help. Yes. You know? Um, I think, I think with you though, it's like, again, you, you had, you wanted to grow. So wh- why, why do you think you were attracted to growth? So, I don't know. And I think Wheeling Jesuit at the time, which was Wheeling Jesuit, uh, really fostered maybe just like a seed um, that was already kind of there. Like, I mean, you know what the atmosphere was like everywhere you turn. Somebody was like, I could see you doing this. I could see you doing that. Have you tried this yet? Um, So I just think opportunity is kind of like that first step. You know, if you you have the opportunity, you have the folks, you have the platform. so I think that's what kind of motivated me uh, at first. And then kind of as I just kept pursuing it, I, I was really reaping the benefits, you know, connection, skills building, um, just things that I didn't know I could do that I ended up doing. Um, so I just- so circling back to like uh, what we're talking about as it relates to like growth, I think it's super important just because I feel like once your mind is stretched and expanded, it, it doesn't go back to normal. So you're always like, you're open to those opportunities. You're like hypervisioned opportunities, you know? And I think, I think obviously me and you were like super, super big on that. So yeah, that, that's super cool. That's super cool. So you're at Jesuit. What was your undergraduate at Jesuit? What was your degree in? Uh, so it was actually in creative writing and English. I thought I was going to be the next Stephen King. So nah. I thought it was history for some reason. I was like, I knew it was something like that, but I thought it was history. It's the humanities, yeah. The humanities, yeah. And um, I think a lot of us were like that when we got there. Um, you know, I was at liberal arts school, so you wanted to get into things like that. But then you matriculated on to your so, master's, and you got your master's in. I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. Wow! So that's drastically different from creative writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so something strange happens when you graduate college, right? JB, you got to like pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so I really wanted to be an author. 
I still want to be an author. Maybe one day. We'll see. Um, but we were getting to that end of senior year, and I actually applied uh, again to the Coast Guard. I was trying to go to officer training school for the Coast Guard, oh. and that didn't work out. Um, they didn't like that I had so many concussions. But uh, so I was looking for kind of what's next, what's the next opportunity. So kind of had it in my back pocket. Maybe I could go teach English for a little bit. And then I started looking around at some programs because I wanted to coach softball for a little bit too. Um, and I kept finding these schools that had uh, counseling programs. I had never really thought about it. Um, and then I talked to Kelsey and you know, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to my parents and the more I talked to folks about like, Hey, what do you think about counseling? Uh, kind of again, like the more, And just, I got a lot of this kind of time and, and reflection and I was like, counseling could be my thing. It's another way to kind of teach and collect stories. Uh, it also just kind of fits with some of my skills, uh, talking to people, building relationships and stuff like that. Um, mental health has always just kind of been in the back pocket too, uh, with kind of some of the stuff that's going on. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna check this out. So I did a couple interviews for a couple of different counseling programs and, the more I met folks in the field, the more I was like, yeah, this is, there's room for me here. So man, that's it. incredible. Yeah. I know you're definitely a value add in that space. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm super grateful, but like I, uh, for, as soon as someone told me that it might've been Reese, I was like, wasn't she like a history major, but you know, that's, that's awesome. But a lot of people do that though. A lot of people like, like change course, you know, I was like a poli time major and later on though, but you know, so that's, yeah. that's awesome that we were, you're willing to jump out there and just like do something different. Yeah, it w- it was a bit different because I was the only person who wasn't a psychology major in my master's. But <laughs> uh, but it does bring a different point of view. I'm I'm sure you figure that out. Like you yeah. know, everybody brings their own skills and their own tools. And you're you're proof that like you don't have to have that like that background to like go into the field. You you completed your master's right, and now you're going for your doctorate. Yeah, yeah. What's your doctorate in? Uh. Okay, so I'm getting my PhD in counselor education and supervision, which boils down to I'm either going to be a really good clinician or I'm going to teach people how to be therapists. Or okay. Both. That's incredible. And like, so where do you see yourself with that, though? So when I started the program, I was full send professor. I want to be Dr. Mo. I want to train, educate, teach, cultivate all that fun stuff. Um but man, the more I work and the more that I get to do one-on-one therapy with folks and build programs, especially, um, the more I'm getting into just the direct care. So I'm thinking about kind of like a hybrid uh, role where I can teach kind of part-time and then uh, run my counseling business part-time. Yeah, so practice, 100%. So I, I guess with, with that being said, though, obviously to get into a PhD program, you either have like hella experience or the program, they just let you in. Right. So obviously you, you've done some experience and you've done some field work. So how has that been? And what have you been doing before yeah, you get so, into the care personnel? Yeah. Oh, before, to get me to the private practice. Um, so when I was in my master's, we have to do an internship and a, and a practicum, which is about a year and a half, sometimes two years of experience. So I started in colleges um, doing college mental health. Cause that's, kind of what I had a dream about doing, um, being the college campus counselor, like that just sounds so cool. And I really liked it. So I was a counselor at Heidelberg and then at Tiffin. 
uh, and then I left there and I did some community mental health just to get some different kind of experience. Um, and that was everything from like four year olds to like 72 year olds from addiction to, uh, like intense trauma and everything kind of in between. And I absolutely love that job. Um, so that kind of led me to say, okay, what's more or where else could I go? Um, and then I volunteer for PALS. I don't know if you know what PALS is, that camp that I helped direct. Yeah, I'm familiar, but yeah, everyone so listening does, they're not familiar, so tell them. Oh, yeah, so um, so I volunteered for Camp PALS our senior year, going into our senior year. Uh, that was my first time, so it was a camp for young adults with Down syndrome. And oh my God, like the coolest folks. Imagine being surrounded by other people who gave up a week of their lives to volunteer um, at a camp like this. So that was kind of going into my master's. I had that experience. And so I think what really got me kind of the leg up to get into my PhD is that I had real world experience and I had a passion to serve mental health needs of folks with disabilities. Um, and I think that's really what they're looking for. They're looking for passion, purpose, and do you have the education? Um, and so I think I checked those boxes and yeah. So that's then I awesome. went to Kent. So, so I guess my question is like, what gap did you see when you were working? Like, obviously like mental health field is like huge. Right. And obviously you, you seem like you, 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 you dip your toe in it a lot, right. In the different fields, but what, what's the gap, what's the gap there right now? So, oh, I could talk about this for, we need more time. Um, <laughs> the biggest gap that I saw, well, I saw two on the bat. The first one was when I went to Palace with that, that camp for young adults with Down syndrome, I got really close to them and their parents. Uh, and we were all at that age where they were starting to go to college too. Uh, and I kept hearing it come up that like my friends with Down syndrome and their parents even were struggling with anxiety, depression, with all kinds of stuff that was kind of keeping them from reaching their goal or reaching their like, their becoming self-actualized. Um, and I was like, why does no one talk about this in my master's program? So I kept going to PALS. I kept doing research. And there just wasn't much out there. Um, I'm actually working on a manuscript right now about kind of mental health in the Down syndrome community uh, and what we need to talk about, things like that. So that was the biggest, I think, gap that I, I got to go study this and write some stuff on this so that other folks can step into that light and, and close That's that gap. And that's incredible. So, so when you do your, so in your PhD, is that what you're going to focus on? And you're going to like specialize in that, you would say? Yeah. So right now I'm a certified autism spectrum disorder clinical specialist just because it's available. There's nothing available right now for, for Down syndrome. Um, wow. Yeah. So like not even training. So I'm writing, re researching a lot. And my dissertation will be probably on like middle adulthood of individuals with Down syndrome and, and their mental health struggles. Wow, that's so that's so cool. Like you, you hit the ground running, you got in the field. You was like, like, like there, there's a gap here, and and I, and now we're gonna tell everyone how you're feeling it, feeling it in a minute. But um, you know, which I'm super excited for. But I, I think that's super cool. So kudos to you for doing noble work, and you know, just getting out there and and you beating change you want to see. Yeah, thank you. Very Jesuit. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so like you know, fast forward, you're you're in your doctor program now. And um, you're, you're filling a gap, but then you started something very, very recently, and it's called Cura Counseling. Yeah. 
So where did you get the name from? What was inspired from? I know, but I want you to tell everyone where you got it from. And then like, let's talk about the, like what you provided for everyone. Yeah. So I was actually at a different job at a community mental health agency and it was awesome. Uh, they helped me build a sensory room for folks on the spectrum, um, all kinds of resources and help. there. just being in school pretty much full time driving an hour and a half there and there and back to school. It was really hard for me to be, to show up for my clients at a hundred percent, whatever. So I took some time off. I looked at some other jobs, trying to find something else that was going to kind of match my needs. Um, but also help me like really focus in on that, that, uh, population of folks. And I sat down with Reese and had a conversation with parents and I was like, so this is what I want. This is what I need. Uh, and this is what I can do. And, it was like a resounding, all right, let's do it. Um, Reese especially was super, super supportive. He's like, I don't know what that means, but let's do it and see how it goes. Uh, so I started Cura Counseling and Consulting. Uh, the name is super Jesuit. Um, yeah. It comes from, uh, so folks who went to a Jesuit university will appreciate uh, just all the phrases in Latin that we live by. Um, Cura Personalis actually stands for caring for the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Um, and that's what I want to provide uh, because folks with and without de- disabilities deserve high quality care um, that hits all three of those things. So, yeah, yeah, super. I can't get the Jesuit out of me, man. It, like it just comes yeah. up in everything that I do. I'm sure you feel the same. No, 100%. And like that, I think that's super cool. Like you're, you're jumping out there, you're doing something you, you love and your your goal is to help people. And I think that's phenomenal, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted you to jump on the podcast, you know? That makes me feel good. Okay. Yes, I'm in the right space. I need that sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the thing about it too is I think the timing is amazing. I don't know how you feel about the timing, but like post-COVID world, mental health is just, well, mental health issues are at like a, high right now and the demand is so high there's a need there's a, a need you know whether that's tele telework or whether it's in person but it's a huge need right now so i think your time is perfect yeah well and especially being health like you said i can now work with people all over ohio instead of just people like in my community which yep. has connected me so quickly with the down syndrome community in ohio and, and being able to provide webinars do educational stuff um and start to build clients so yeah, it's been, it was freaky timing, but that's incredible. I'm, like I'm, I'm super super happy for you, and like I said, like I'm glad you. Hold on, is this your first podcast? Oh, it is your second because you did Micah's, right? The second, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm honored that I get to be your first podcast with um, Cura Counseling and Consultants. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm jazzed. Nah, so incredible, incredible. So, how has the journey treated you thus far? So, which one? <laughs> The Kira one? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I set the bar pretty low. So, I had two goals. I had, like, okay, okay so this is, like, the lowest it could go, and this is, like, absolutely what I want to be, um, like, dreams, dreamscape-wise. Um, and I think, like, right now I'm I'm really building towards the dreamscape one. Uh so I didn't know where to start, really. I did as much reading as I could um, on kind of where to go, how to recruit. But I'm I'm going to work with such a unique kind of population of folks that not a lot of people have that specialty. Um, so I just started emailing and joining a bunch of Facebook groups for folks with uh, intellectual disabilities, specifically Down syndrome autism. 
and something weird happened. So a lot of these groups, um, I found out later, you can't actually join unless you have like a child with Down syndrome or an intellectual disability. My bad. Uh, (laughs) But it led to two really good conversations. Like just out of the blue, these two ladies reached out and said like, hey, so we can't actually let you join this group, but we are interested in talking to you. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'll take that opportunity. So I talked to these two ladies on a Zoom call and we were on the call for like an hour and a half after having just met, uh, they actually took an interest in my research. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm nerding out. Like, tell me when to stop. So uh, I'm set up to do three different webinars for uh, this Down Syndrome Network in Ohio. Yeah. Um, And so so that's half of it. The other half is athletes. Actually, my alma model at Heidelberg um, saw my post, reached out to me, one of the coaches there, and they want to bring me to campus to do like a uh, semester long mental health program for their team. What? Yeah. That's amazing. So, like, Good for you. Yeah. So my two passions like are just, I, I'm just so lucky that I had people who, who reached out um, and gave me that opportunity. So it's picking up and I'm, I'm super grateful for that. That's incredible. I'm super happy for you. Well, you know, there, if there's anything I can do for you um, with like, you know, my network or other things that I know up to this point in time, let me know, you know, um, that's so amazing. I'm super happy for you. I'm elated. Yeah, I I was surprised, but I'm like, okay, we're here now. We're doing it. It's happening. So it was a little bit of a shock factor. I, I think, I think too. Well, I think it's a shock to you, but not to like me, honestly. I get that. Because I, I think like, man, all, all, everything you did to this point in time got you here for this reason, you know, and you're utilizing all the skills you use, all the public speaking you had to do, all of this stuff is getting you ready. Yeah, yeah. And you know how to write. (laughs) We need to talk more. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You know? So, yeah. And no, we can definitely talk more. You know, so there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts. You know, they might have friends or family members that's dealing with mental health issues. So what are some things that they can do to take care of their mental health right now at this point in time? And then also, like, what's some resources maybe they can use to, you know, get help? The the quintessential therapist question. So, JB. Um, no, I think, I think first step is honestly just being transparent, um, with ourselves and others. Uh, you know, COVID sucked. There was a lot of good that came from it. Uh, there's also a lot of strife and struggle. And I don't think things came out in COVID, um, that wouldn't have come out, but I think it advanced it or accelerated everything. So like relationships that maybe were on the rocks or were headed towards trouble, boom, they're there. Or people who wanted to make those changes, like, boom, they're faced with it. And so I think we struggle a lot by just saying, this is happening, and we need to talk about it. Um, so my first thing would just be, just be transparent, like, telling people, I'm here, this is where I need to be, and here's what you can do to help. Um, the second thing, like, what you can do are resources. JB, you already said it. Telehealth is everywhere now. Uh, mental health access, so much more um available now than it has ever been um and i know price scares people for mental health it scares me sometimes um but there are resources out there uh there's different companies and programs that provide sliding scale fees uh there's community mental health agencies that provide grants don't let finances get in the way of you getting that uh attention and support because there's somebody out there who can serve you no, absolutely, man. That, you're you're a prep for that question. I just I get it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, 100%. And, you know, now, like, I really appreciate you, like, giving everyone the resources they need, Mo. So, there was a, a, something we said earlier in the podcast about radical transparency. I'm going to give everyone the story that led to the first flake, and then you can tell them what happened to you, and then you can tell me how you combated the situation with radical transparency, because I think it's of value to everyone listening, okay? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. So, <laughs> I work in a very secure location. I in like in the um DC Maryland Virginia area right and um I was the last person to leave so we had to lock up the area um my it was my first time ever doing it and like my code didn't work to lock right so I basically got stuck in the building um so I had to get my boss to come and get me right so I took about 30 minutes after the time I was ready to leave right so cool so then I wait she comes get me. Cool. Hit the sprint for the metro, right? It's a train station here, right? Mm-hmm. Leave my my phone because my phone I had put in a charger earlier died, even on the, on the charger. My keys and my watch, right? So I hit mm-hmm. this sprint for the metro, leave all that stuff in the building, get to the metro, realize, man, I don't have my dead watch, my dead phone, or my keys, Right, mind you, my my metro pass is on my phone, so I had to buy a metro pass, and I only put five dollars on it because that's how much it costs to like get the home and back, right? And so I had to use the other half of that pass that I bought to get back upstairs through the metro to get my stuff, right? Got my stuff, my dead stuff. We tried to put more money on my current card, it didn't work, so I just bought a whole another card, and I think it said eight dollars at one point, which you don't need that much money on a card. Right. So then get a second car, get to the metro, wait 17 minutes for the next the next train, get home. I had a call that I was late, six minutes late to at seven. And then and that's when I was like, Hey, Mo, it's cap. It's cap. And then Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even figure that. I was just like, Oh, maybe, you know, work went late or something, or he's cooking dinner or gosh. <laughs> no, cause I try to schedule everything, you know, I try to keep a calendar. But like that was just like worst case scenario, and then I forgot I had the meeting, so like it just it just went south quick. But like that kind of stuff, like that was just like it was just like a, life, just yeah. And um, and then I think we rescheduled it the next day. Then you had the opportunity to go on a lovely date with the young man who who was earlier in the podcast, who I've I've known for quite a number of years as well. Yes. So you want me to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. We're getting a thunderstorm. So if you hear the thunder, that's what that mm-hmm. is. Um, so long story short, uh, <laughs> Reese came home one day and was like, hey, you want to go to the movies? And we don't go to the movies. Like, yeah, we come home from work. Usually I work on homework till like pretty late. He gets home from work, kind of just chills out because, I mean, he's good tired. He's got a lot of like physical stuff going on. Um. And so when he came home, I was like, yes, yes, I do. I really, really do. And he was like, yeah, and let's like go get dinner and like have have a night. And I was like, oh, my God. And my first my heart was like, oh, crap. I, I promised JG, JB this time, like we're going to do this thing. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, JB, I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate this opportunity. But my heart and my spirit right now is just like exuding with I want to go watch this movie. We saw Doctor Who, by the way, it was pretty good. That's awesome. Or Doctor Strange. Yeah. Phenomenal Um, movie. Yo, so good. So worth it. Um, And so there was a part of me that I was like, I don't want to let JB down. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity if I back out of this. Um, But I'm also not going to make anything up. 
and tell you that like my dog was sick or I had to go visit grandma or something like that. And I was like, um, something I'm trying to practice more so, especially since COVID is just like that radical transparency of, Hey man, I had this opportunity. I really want to do this. Um, is there any way that we can try it again? So that's why I texted you and I was like, Hey, <laughs> this doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but he wants to go do this and I'm going to take advantage of it. Uh, and you were so gracious. Uh, that was a big one with your time. Um, and so I appreciate you being able to reschedule with that. I, that was amazing. So thank you so much. It was a good night. No, that, that, I, I loved it because it's so rare these days, you know, and um, because I, I, lo- I love stuff like that. Just, you know, that radical transparency, like, hey, putting it up in front, like, hey, I'm not trying to like flake on you. I'm not that type of person, you know, um, like, like, here it is. There's no excuses, you know, hey, hey, am I going to miss out on this opportunity? And I, I just respected it so much because there are a lot of people who don't take this platform serious. So I'm super grateful. And I think that's something to learn for everyone, like radical transparency and just like being honest and putting it all out there to people with, with discretion, with reason, you know, discernment, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. discernment um, is a good word. Mm-hmm. with discernment, I think it is super, super helpful to all of our lives. So I appreciate you for bringing that back to my memory as I practice that moving forward, Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Cause I, I just appreciate you and your time and I would never not take this seriously. So that was a big deal to me to to get that kind of affirmation from you. So yeah. No, keep it up. That that means the world to me, you know, honestly. And um and and you know, Mo, obviously we're getting to the end of the podcast, right? So where can people find you? So if you wanna go to my counseling website, which I'm updating right now, uh it's curacounseling.org. Uh, or I have two different Instagrams, Mo Stowe, Mo underscore Stowe um or cure counseling so yeah that's where i'll be pretty much incredible incredible so everyone listening hit her up and mo we appreciate you for joining the podcast all right thanks jb thanks for making this happen and i appreciate you so much always a pleasure and i appreciate you too Wow, incredible episode with the Miss Mo Stolman. Like I said, charismatic leader, you know, putting herself in situations to grow, I think something we can all learn from. And then not being afraid to pivot. She pivoted from her undergraduate major to a, something she's getting a doctorate in now, right? And she, she found a gap and she decided to fill it. And I think that's super important for anything we do. If there's a gap, let's fill it. Let's fill it with some value. And, you know, definitely prayers that she has an amazing experience with Cura Counseling. And that she continue to help a lot, a lot of people. So again, please like, comment, leave a review on your favorite platform, whether you're watching or listening. So thank you for joining for the Masters Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my lovely mother, Alfreda Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever.